joining us for the second season of the Simple Table Podcast. Join us as we continue to dive into real, relevant, and complex topics. So, hey, welcome back to the Simple Table. And what we're going to be doing is having one more conversation, uh, going more in-depth about acceptance. Or two or three more conversations. Um, Just don't put limits on it. We'll see. (laughs) and sorting yes but uh we're so glad that you decided to tune back in uh where we're talking about union and separation and specifically about sorting and as as you may have listened to the last podcast the idea of separating and uh putting people in specific categories um and basically being able to label people uh, or label groups um, and, and saying, I know what you think. And so you fit in this slot and how that, how that just affects our entire world, how it affects our way of seeing people, uh, and, and how it, in, in a sense, how it gives us value and can really maybe intentionally or unintentionally lower other people's value, which really, um, really goes to this whole thing of is that creating union or is it creating separation and uh because we are um coming at this from a christian perspective um we're having this conversation because we're really asking the question of where is where is god uniting uh and where is god separating is that is that actually do you think he actually separates yeah that's does he so so this is this is is our theology created based on our our current uh, perception of the world, or are we allowing what God thinks to change our perceptions? Because we can read into our theology based on our current perception, or we can see from a different perspective, which is what Jesus does. He shows up, and he starts to blow up the whole perspective by saying, I have a different kingdom than the kingdom that you're currently uh, been raised in. And so these conversations are about kind of identifying what are the things that God is saying uh, are true versus what are we believing that God says is true based on our current perception. So There are beliefs that God separates himself. Oh, totally. You can find them. I'm too holy, I can't associate. But then Jesus does mess that up a little bit. So then are they the same? Are they different? And I know we've talked about that a little bit in the past, but yeah, that's a good... Was Jesus secure? And yet, (laughs) was Jesus secure? Oh, of course. He's Jesus. He's God. He had to grow up in in his identity. He, you know, I I firmly believe (laughs) it wasn't just like, hey, I know I'm God and I'm secure. I feel like as a man walking through everything yeah. that he did he had that that was a that was a learned thing that was a value that i feel like his parents certainly made sure that he knew i believe his environment and his culture and yeah. his his practices his religious practices actually invited him into the maturing process for him to be able to even go into the desert and be tested and challenged that wasn't the last it was a pretty intense one. But if you're not prepared for that, you go into the wilderness and you get tested and challenged on your identity. Because that really is some of this whole thing is, is your identity 
that you're accepted or are you going to be rejected? Uh, I think that that had to be, you're right. It had to be challenged way before. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born mature. Yep. He had the human experience. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get, we're going to get separated and sorted out saying these kinds of things about <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that is, that's the thing. If you're listening to this and you don't agree with us, just keep listening because we still love you. Man, and here's There's, the other thing. It's okay for you to write in and uh, ask your questions. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I post this on Facebook. I post it on the website and there are comment sections on both. And this is what, this is the whole point of this podcast yes. is we're bringing up topics that they are not easy They are not like, oh, that was nice. And no, this, we're actually trying to stir up conversation and we're trying to push to get people to actually discuss this around the table and not leave the table whenever you feel offended. If you feel offended by the things that we're saying, Mm. awesome. Let's just continue to talk about it. And I mean, you know. None of us are celebrities, so we don't uh, have, well, no, I can guarantee <laughs> yeah. that we don't we won't we don't all agree on certain things. No. No. No, but this is the beauty of relationship is that if you're willing to stay around each other and actually talk through things, you may not come to the same conclusion. You may not agree with each other even after you talk through things. But if you actually start looking at the people you're closest to first through the eyes of Christ and God, who did you create mm. them to be? Then you can start to get an insight into who is this, who's this person in front of me that I'm talking to and, and show respect and love and see them the way that Christ does. So when have you guys been able to do that? Stay in a relationship with someone even when you disagreed and it was really uncomfortable and it was about something that mattered a lot to you, but you stayed in the relationship, how and why were you able to do that? For me, that was called marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It was when, when Christy and I, before we even started dating, one of the things that I asked, because I didn't really know her all that well, but it was initiated the the conversation started and I immediately asked God, all right, tell me about her. And he gave me insight into who she was and things that she didn't even know about herself and the value that he places on her. And it was like that, that fatherly, like you better not mess her around. Like you need to see her with the value I see her with. Mm. And if you're not going to, uh uh-uh, uh buddy. Mm-hmm. And so um there's been lots of things that she and I don't agree about and we talk through it and I mean it's and and I would say it's probably for I don't know, maybe for everyone the best place to start is with your spouse. Mm. And and then from there it, it kind of expanded to the rest of my family and I'm still doing that, still having to do that. I did that with my mother, with my father where, okay, how do you see them? And you know what? Let's just start the conversation. Like, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I'm seeing your value. 
and I want to get to know you and we don't agree on certain things and that's okay. I'm secure in me, but I know that you have something to offer to me as I do to you Mm. and I can give and take and respect you and love you without this feeling of in the past you rejected me and I'm going to hold that against you forever. Mm-hmm. The past is the past. And if you ever want to actually have good relationship, you have to get over it. Mm. You have to move past it. You need healing in it, but you can get stuck in this place and, and just not want to, to go there anymore. But I think it, it's been one of the most valuable lessons for me is I, I can't myself respects, respect everybody that I come in contact with. But if I, uh, under my own power, I can't do that. But if I'm going, okay, God, I know you value them. Mm-hmm. And just because they're not acting right, yeah. according to how I see them, how did you create them? What, what are the things you, you have put in them that I can help call out and see their value because they are a son or daughter of, of yours. Too often we place value on choices and on behavior. Yeah. And so if we don't like their choices or behavior, we, we lower their value, whether we mean to or not. So I'm going to throw a little bomb in here. Um, I have no problem talking to a stranger. I don't know if any of you guys know this, but uh, I'll walk up to anybody. That was sarcasm. I've, Nicole's yeah. on her phone texting, so I. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, the thing that I have uh, found is easy for me is to um, hear God's voice for other people, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I I love I love sharing what I hear. Uh, God saying about someone else that's encouraging and uplifting and whatnot. And I, I actually really thrive in those situations of being able to, um, kind of like a drive by prophetic word. If you don't know what prophetic words are, it's, it's hearing the, the, the healthy, positive things that God says about another person and being able to deliver that good news to that person. Uh, and so, I take risks often uh, about that stuff. And um, there are so many great stories about that. And um, what what I think is really interesting, so I'm going to go back to something I said in the last podcast about the reason that we're doing this is because uh, Psalm 23 talks about, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And the rest of this verse, it actually says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And God God actually started to challenge me in the reality that he doesn't put someone in front of you and prepare a table before you and have your enemy watch you eat this elaborate meal while they sit there and they starve. But God is actually inviting you to have a meal with them. And in that place, that's where spirit is. Because in that place, when you start to connect and unite with someone who you might have difference with, you're encountering the very love and nature of God. That's where the anointing comes. That's where his spirit comes. And that's where you experience abundance. So it's easy for me to be able to do that to complete strangers and really not have a whole lot of contact with them. But um, that's not truly the anointing that I believe that God is inviting Christians 
uh, into of showing a different kingdom where he says, this is where, this is where love abides is for you to be in the presence of someone who thinks, believes, acts very different from you. Will you stay in that place? Will you love them? Will you accept them? Will you share a meal with them? And that's where uh, my presence is. Uh, because it's relationships that hurt people, but it's also relationships that will heal people. And so I think that too often in our lives, especially having um, a pretty long stint in the Protestant church, I grew up Catholic, but in the Protestant church, we um, we don't even we don't even share a meal with with opposing um, denomination, like a person of a, a different denomination. Churches don't gather together to um, to actually share meals or to share ministries or those kinds of things together. And I I think that it's something that I've realized I've been conditioned to have to continue to perpetuate the group that I'm a part of or the people I'm a part of or whatever, rather than going like, Hey, if something's happening somewhere else, am I going to be rejoicing over them from a distance? Or am I going to actually get in front of it and go, wow, I want to be, I want to be here and I want to support and I want to actually bless the drive by prophetic words. It's really easy. Can you give, Mm -hmm. can you, can you see God's perspective in someone you disagree with or are you insecure that it's going to say that it's lowering your value because you're actually seeing something in them when you totally disagree with them or when they're angry with you? Like the crazy thing about all this is, is that the sorting thing gives license for dehumanizing them, mm-hmm. which in the end, like if you continue to, to follow that trail of thinking, it gives you license to actually kill. Like not yeah. too many people are willing to, to, to kill over, but that's it. It gets to that place. That's the, the reason why we're, we're willing to not value another life and to take a life. Whereas, I think that we're totally unaware that we might not kill by by actual physical, you know, um, abuse. But Jesus makes this interesting comment. He says, like, you, you say it's not okay to murder, but if you call, if you, if you get angry with someone and you say raka to them, like you've already killed them. And so we don't even realize that we're, we're murdering people. Just by sorting them, by telling them you're an enemy and I can't even stand to look at you or to listen to your way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's that it's the separation of humanity of you are no longer human to me and every war and every genocide started with a thought and that thought came from the standpoint of sorting of you are this and you're wrong. Yep. And because of that, my hatred can grow for you because you represent everything that's wrong in my mind mm-hmm. because I'm right yep. and you're wrong and you are trying to destroy what I consider to be truth. Hmm. And so therefore you have the Holocaust. You have every genocide that's happened it all started with a thought, but even, even not going to that extreme, like you're saying, we kill each other every single day based on our judgment of this is who this person is. And I can throw my hatred on them. And social media has made it very easy to do that because as soon as you take a tool and start using it wrong, it becomes a weapon. 
you wouldn't take a hammer and go sling it at somebody normally, unless you mm-hmm. are actually murderous uh. and wanting to kill them. Because you realize, you ask anybody, what's a hammer used for? Well, it's used for building things. It's used for putting nails into wood or whatever. You normally wouldn't get somebody saying, oh, this is a device to, you know, kill someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we don't ask those questions when it comes to social media. Social media is a brilliant tool. It is... But it is there. There is absolutely no training and no thought behind it. It's like if you gave a hammer to a baby. What do you think they're going to do if they can lift it? They're going to swing it around. Mm-hmm. I deal with this with my kids. They get you know a book or even a baby doll that's hard. This is supposed to be a toy for them to enjoy. But as soon as they start swinging that around and hit their sister in the face with it, it has now become a weapon. And it's because you're not using it correctly. Yeah. So social media was supposed to be a tool to connect us more, but it, we don't know how to connect in the first place Let's because be we're so used to sorting. Let's be honest. <laughs> this, this I'm holding the Bible. Yeah. This is, this has been one of the most deadly things, you know, that you can use. I, I even realized this as I was, as I was sharing earlier about giving prophetic words to people there's a way of using like the gifts of God, um, whether it's the Bible or whether it's prophetic or uh, healing or um, helps, whatever those things are, the gifts that God enables us to to be participants in his work of repairing the world. We can we can use those in manipulative ways. My goal is to share this thing with you so that you'll see God and you'll change everything about your life. Mm-hmm. And so that it'll look like me because I I think that God looks like my way of thinking. And therefore, if I if I give you something of God, like it's going to change your world, like it's going to change your, your way of thinking. It's going to change your actions. And then I feel safe because you look more like me and we can be in connection and, and, you, and you'll actually experience union with God if you do that. Which right. is so crazy. It's like uh, I actually had um, just recently talked on, uh, and I, I made this statement: um, spirit, we spirit hides, and we discover uh, where he's hiding. He he unites himself with what he loves, and then we are invited to love what he unites himself with. And I think that too often. The sorting thing goes, well, God's not present in that, that situation or that people we need, we need to go in and bring Holy Spirit into the situation because we don't believe that God's already moving everywhere at all times. Right. Right. Like because we sort, because, because we, uh, believe that we have the corner market on, on God's way of thinking someone who doesn't think like us, live like us, act like us. God's not present there, so we need to bring God there. Um, and and I, I'm really challenged by that. Like, I think kingdom is is way more expanse. I think Holy Spirit is way. I think He's drawing us into situations where He's causing us to realize I'm present. I want you to come and see uh, where you're where you've been blinded by your own um, dualistic thinking. Yeah, 
I mean, like what we were talking about the other night, we have this idea that, that the spirit is only with Christians. And let me tell you something. I, I honestly, I don't believe creativity comes from anywhere other than, than God. Mm. I think there's divine inspiration and he, he pours that out on everybody. I mean, look at Steve jobs. Mm. He wasn't a Christian. As far as I know, I think he was a Buddhist. I don't know. Um, but the man created one of the most amazing products, which I'm currently using while recording this. <laughs> Apple computers, iPhones, tablets. I mean, he he revolutionized the computer industry. How do you think he did that? There was creativity that was in him. And that he tapped into along with so many others that are not Christians. Mm. And when uh, I've heard so many Christians go, oh, well, you know, why isn't it the Christians that are coming up with these great ideas? Like we have, we have the Holy Spirit. Why aren't we coming up with these things? Why is the rest of the world coming up with it? And it's like we've totally disregarded that the Holy Spirit is everywhere and is speaking and is pursuing mm. and he's not holding back because it's he, he's not a transactional being. He's not sitting there going, you know what, if you accept me, then I'll give you some great ideas. I'm pretty sure Christians have defined that one fairly well because honestly, we've come up with some horrible ideas. But we've come up with good ideas too. But the thing is, is when we, when we take our idea of this is what Holy Spirit's supposed to look like, and we go into a dark country or area, you know, where it seems evil and evil reigns here, and we're going to bring the Holy Spirit in, we're only bringing in our perspective, our, our perspective of the Holy Spirit and as opposed to going, what are you already doing here? You've been here from the beginning and you've been speaking into this culture. You've been speaking into these people. Tell me, what have you been doing here? I want to know because I want to come alongside that as opposed to this is the way the Western world thinks. This is who we say Holy Spirit is. And if they don't buy into it, they're wrong. Hmm. And then you get, Every other division, every other sorting that we do of, you know, oh, well, he's Lutheran, he's Catholic, he's this, he's that. They're Orthodox, we're not. And it, it, it's just not going to work out well. Mm-hmm. And and like with what you're saying, going back to the, the prophetic, you know, on the street, giving a prophetic word, I think we've missed it on the purpose of that like it is so brilliant and so great god's showing up in those places but i think it's always to bring invitation to a relationship not just with him but with each other and going hey this is this is more than just you know relationship with god this is relationship with mankind you know and so the church has kind of taken it and, and used it as this tool to grow our numbers, to make everybody look like us. When God is, I think saying, this is about relationship. 
this is, I don't want you guys to all agree with each other. That kills uniqueness. That kills what I've actually created you to be. Don't fall in line with each other, but don't leave the table. Come into relationship with each other and, and sit through the hard conversations and let me be in it. Stop, stop sorting yourselves. I think about, yeah, (laughs) no, I'm, so I'm thinking about growing up and hearing things in church, whether it was intentional or not of like the flesh is weak or he knows that we're just dust or when a little bit of leaven gets in the bread, it goes. So I think without realizing it, there's always been this mindset that I've had of you have to be really careful you have to be really cautious you have to guard because even just a little bit of being around the wrong person or a bad influence it will take you all the way down and you like we're so susceptible is that the right word Mm -hmm. so weak so Jesus saves uh, but fear sustains right well and I'm like (laughs) we never are concerned about Jesus or God that like, is he susceptible if he's around people like that he could, that he could fall, that he could get dragged into that. But we are so, but we're only human. We're not God. We're not Jesus. That's true. But if we're united with him or if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, why are we so afraid? And so I was telling you a little bit ago over this last weekend, there was we were at a wedding and there was someone doing hair who did my daughter's hair, who this gentleman <laughs> couldn't probably be more different from me in beliefs and appearance and lifestyle. And, um, well, the post that, that he made, well, <laughs> I mean, we just have very different beliefs it Ch- or seems. choices of choices color. of right. life. Yeah. So, <laughs> Here's that we haven't just come out and made direct statements. And I don't know where you guys stand. I am have no issue having a relationship with people who don't believe the same as me about spiritual things, about gender issues. I don't probably we I don't agree with everyone because none of us all agree the same. I don't think God created us to have homosexual marriage, but I have no issue loving a person who chooses that lifestyle. I can love you and not agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is not going to see that the same. And um, if you don't like that, that's what I think. And you stop listening like that's a bummer. However, I have no problem being in a relationship. Well, his lifestyle is more like that. I don't want to not love people. However, the posts he makes on Facebook are incredibly graphic and vulgar and something I would never publicly post. I would just, I would probably die if I post it. Like, you know, because it's so, so (laughs) graphic and seems so inappropriate. But this guy was really fascinating, really interesting. And I'm like... He'd be a fun guy to, to be around, but but just so different. So I found myself like, oh, would I ever friend him on Facebook? Because he's a nice guy. God loves him. God created him. There's a there's a piece of the father that he has and carries, even if he doesn't know that he's loved, even if he doesn't have a relationship with the Lord right now. Like there's I can't say God doesn't love this man just as much 
as me or my daughter or someone that's like the holiest person that I could think of. And yet, I wouldn't probably choose to be associated with him where other people would see it because I would be afraid that they would then think less of me and assume this guilt by association that Mm. just by associating with someone, I am condoning the things that they say or that they do. And and so there's this thing of like in part, I feel like, oh, I need to protect myself from situations like that. But really what I'm trying to do is protect my reputation because I still want to be accepted by people that I think have value Mm. because I agree with their lifestyle. It's messed up. And as I'm saying, I'm realizing like, oh, I don't like this. (laughs) I don't like that this is the process that my mind goes through because I want to be someone that I can love anyone and associate with anyone. And if someone doesn't like it or agree with it, that's okay because I know where my heart is and I know what love looks like and I know what it means. And you can't, like you can label me however you want and that doesn't matter. I'm just not there yet. Yeah. So going into like, like we're going to talk about acceptance, like what is acceptance these days? Mm-hmm. And um, I feel, and, and, and we kind of touched on this before, but it's acceptance has become agreement, mm-hmm. not necessarily. And, and, and this is what I, I, I really, I would love if anything comes out of this for the idea of, you know what, love isn't agreement. Love is actually seeing you for who you were created to be, for loving that person of where you're at right now and, and where you're going and this give and take and that's, that's the acceptance of like, you know what? I'm not going to condemn you because of where you are right now. I'm actually going to accept you for who you were created to be and help call those things out. And if I don't agree with you on everything, it's not the end of our relationship. It's just the beginning. We get to, you know, talk through these things and we may not come to an agreement on it. And that's okay. It's that you got to hold it in tension. It's it's being secure in my identity. I know who I am. And because you are choosing your lifestyle, it doesn't affect my identity. Mm. So we can have conversation and be secure in who we are and see the value that we carry. And that I think is, is what acceptance should look like. However, that's, <laughs> that's not seen in our, in this generation a whole lot right now. We're in previous generations. It's the black or white. Yes or no. Do you agree with me? And if you don't, and I think a lot of it has to do with, because we've taken so many of these issues on as identity. We've traded our identity of who we were created to be, which we never knew in the first place because we never bothered to ask or seek it out. And we've traded in our identity for these other things. I'm a conservative. This is my identity. And if a liberal comes around me, I cannot talk to them because I don't agree with them. And they're offending me Mm. to the point that I just don't want to be around it. And then you write them off completely. 
and you lose, what is this person's value? How does God see them? And if you already know that he loves everyone, that he has accepted us where we're at, and it doesn't mean that he's agreeing with everything, but that he knows how he created us and he's calling that out and he wants us to, to walk into that. That's where our acceptance comes from. So yeah. I opened up a bottle of worms here, bottle of worms, bottle of, <laughs> bottle of something. I don't can, know. I think, can of worms. Yeah. Can. Yeah, cans, bottles, whatever. Um, bottle of worms. Bottle. Can of, <laughs> can of wine. A new one. I don't know. Can of wine. So we're going to continue this yeah. on the next one. And who knows how long this is going to go, yeah. but uh, we need to wrap it up. I want to, I want to state that we uh, do not have, um, we do not n- we are not experts in any of this. Our goal is not to give you the expert's opinion on this. This is just some people having a conversation that I hope is stimulating your conversations. Um, and um, I hope you're enjoying this. Maybe maybe we'll see uh, some of you all together. Maybe it would be fun maybe to gather a group of people together and just have, have conversations like this in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I hope you're enjoying listening to these. I hope you continue to stay listening to these and, uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Hi. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Then go over to Facebook and type in the Simple Table Podcast and hit like. You can also listen to all of our previous episodes and find all our new episodes on our website at simpletablepodcast.com.